He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? And we're live. Welcome, everybody, to this uh, Twitter Spaces Service Gun Roll Podcast Network. Uh, (laughs) There's a lot to talk about. Uh, There is uh, the, I guess, now semi-public feud between uh, LeBron and Clutch and the Lakers organization. The leak off. uh, The the Los Angeles Lakers are back. Uh, So we're going to try to talk about that. Um, Aaron, is, as always, is going to hop on here with us as well. I'm sure we are going to discuss how delicious Hennessy is over the course of this conversation. Um, and then there are basketball games that are going to be played uh, again starting on Thursday. And, you know, there's a lot on the line uh, depending on how the Lakers play uh, over the last 30 or so games of this season. So we're going to try to figure out what that's going to look like as well. Didn't get any questions in the iTunes reviews. So we're just going to dive right into. Uh, an interesting All-Star weekend, I would say. It was it was certainly uh, a fun one. I thought the All-Star game, again, was really fun. That Elam ending uh, has really kind of breathed some new life into that event in ways that uh, I, I've really enjoyed. Uh, slam dunk contest, probably the worst one that we have ever seen. So I guess maybe we could try to figure out how to fix that. But I'm sure everybody here who is listening uh, is tuning in to see what we have to say about everything going on here with the Lakers organization, Aaron. Um, yeah, how how delicious is Hennessy? Is, is scale of of <laughs> um, like I I I'm gonna try to be as careful as as I can be here so that we don't get you fired. But like, what have the last seventy two hours been like for for you guys? The All-Star Weekend is usually this nice little fun little party, but uh, it turned out, it, it from where I'm sitting, wound up turning into a, a leak-off, and uh, I don't really know who comes out looking better in this situation. What have, what has your last 72 hours been like? Challenging? Is that fair? <laughs> uh, you know, interestingly <laughs> enough, um, I didn't... Uh, you know, the, the, the lead up to the trade deadline uh, and a few weeks before that um, was not was not a particularly restful time. Uh, let's say that. And then, yeah. you know, the game against the Warriors, uh, the, the Lakers looked pretty good. Um, and then uh, beating Utah in the last game before the break kind of went to the break feeling a little better. Um, and, you know, there was... Uh, Definitely some 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 comments, some reports, some some counter comments, and uh, what what I know you like to refer to as some subtweets. So, <laughs> um, yeah, you know it's it's been it's been it's been interesting. Other than that, though, you know, just quiet weekend, right? Everybody got to enjoy their their nice long weekend. I took a day off yesterday, first day off that I think I've taken in like years. That I just flat out said, I do not, I'm not working today. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get those, um, <laughs> you know, but, but I, but I do want to echo your, your, your comments. I thought the game 
I thought that the all the the Saturday stuff and the Friday stuff was was pretty awful. Um, but I think everything on Sunday, the game, the Elam ending you mentioned, um, the game was great. And I thought the 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 seventy fifth anniversary stuff was was the halftime was way too long, but it was very cool. Um, so I think I think for the league, um, Sunday was a home run. Friday and Saturday, not so much. I thought it was a choice to end it on Earth, Wind, and Fire. I thought that was you know you're not going to be talking bad about Earth, Wind, and Fire. Not- I'm not. I'm not saying. I I just thought. I thought like I thought that was going to be an opportunity to kind of like. All right, if if the 75th anniversary thing is this, you know, celebration of the league that that you know those incredible icons uh, have built, and then also a passing of the torch to the 25 new additions to that list, and then looking ahead to, you know, we had we had John Morant standing there with with some of those icons as well, you know, if if you're really gonna do go with the theme of all right, this is the passage of time. This is the looking ahead to what could be coming next. I, I think you, you, I'm cool, obviously great with Earth, Wind, and Fire. Um, you know, Shining Stars is is an I, iconic song. But then maybe let that kind of leak into some contemporary artists and, and really kind of show off the, the culture that the NBA has helped build over the, the decades. That's the only thing I would have switched. I would cool with Earth, Wind, and Fire. I would say, like, let let those guys, like, here's you, here's these guys, and then, holy crap, here comes so-and-so up on stage. I don't even know who so-and-so would be. I, I think it was interesting because it was kind of, like, in stark contrast to the Super Bowl halftime show, so I, I, I agree with that. Or, I don't know the answer to this, but... Uh, are Earth, Wind, and Fire, are they Are they Cleveland? Are they from Cleveland, maybe? I don't know. I don't know the answer. I don't know. But I'm not, I'm not a like, Earth, Wind, and Fire like, historian. In the, in the introductions, I definitely heard some Bone Thugs, which reminded me that they're from Cleveland. So I think mm-hmm. there was a focus on, and of course, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is in Cleveland. Um, so I think there was a, maybe a focus on uh, some Cleveland artists, but I don't know if that's the case for Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah. I mean, Luda's from Atlanta, right? He was there on Saturday and, you know, yeah. Look, I I just think, like, if you want to make it city-specific, okay, I guess. But I I have always associated the NBA and hip-hop as, like, this this very closely, you know, the, the two are intertwined over the years, right? The famous cliche is that basketball players want to be rappers and rappers want to be basketball players. And... And, you know, here you have this really cool, all these icons are on the stage. It was this really cool moment. And I just thought like ending it on just Earth, Wind and Fire felt like I, I, I was ready for that to go for another song and then go back into the thing because it was so much standing around while they were just saying names. This is way too much talk about about a halftime show. You, you didn't see, you see me trying to distract you here? Or trying to- <laughs> no, I know. No, I, I, I see the jazz hands. <laughs> I, I see the, <laughs> but Earth, Wind, and Fire, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Um, no, let's 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 talk about the fire part of uh, of the weekend. And you must be a professional broadcaster. Sorry, I'm I'm frying up some chicken here as we're talking. But you must <laughs> be a. That's a great segue. <laughs> now I want chicken. Is this like deep fried chicken or is it like do you do, you do air, air fryer? No, 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 no. Why? No, don't do that. No, no, no. no. Right. This is this is some real deep fried chicken. No, we doing it right. All right. Well, 
I'm I'm flying you out one of these days, and you're gonna you're gonna teach me and Jen how to cook. That's that's that's. Oh, wait a sec. Wait a second now. Mm-hmm. You you and I follow each other on Instagram, I think. So now 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 I'm getting I'm getting flewed out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay. All right. Let's get it. See when you when you reach fatherhood and this stage of like washed that I'm at, you fly in really good cooks you like it's not it's not the the flying in of anything else it's just really good cooks um all right let's talk about the lakers though um i want to start with stephen a smith you know relaying a text that he got from uh from rich paul on the air and rich paul saying that uh he specifically you know that the report out there was that he specifically demanded that or was pushing for a trade uh, for uh, Russ going out to Houston, bringing back John Wall, um, sending out that 2027 first round pick. And, you know, I, I thought it was it's, it's kind of smart on his part because he can say it's specifically, I specifically never demanded that specific trade. And how dare anybody, it's a, saying that I specifically demanded that absolute scenario is a damn lie right and and yet like the spirit of the reports is that you know clearly clutch and palinka are not on the same clutch and the lakers are not on the same on on the same page here and you know telling us that uh or, or calling all of the reports that we got over the course of that weekend i think he was most directly responding to eric pincus's uh, article about about like where things are kind of going and where where things currently stand um, and, you know, while you can say that specific aspect of it, there, there are details there that are, quote unquote, lies. The spirit of the situation hasn't changed. Nobody seems to be particularly happy with each other right now. And they're trying to figure out what the next step is. And meanwhile, all that as all of that is going on, LeBron is out there saying, you know, I could just finish my career and in Cleveland, I w- I've always loved, I've always wanted to go back. By the way, Sam Presti, look at the job that he's doing over there. Look, look at the, the Rams GM saying, fuck them picks, like all of it. Like As, as all of it is going on, I was just kind of laughing at the response being to that specific report being a lie when it doesn't change the spirit of how everything is going down. And, and I, I, without getting yourself into too much trouble here, Aaron, like, are the Lakers concerned about this? Has anything changed? Like, do you, you and I have been talking for a long time about you and I don't never really thought that LeBron was going to be in LA past this current contract. Um, But this is the first time that I really think that staying here throughout that contract is actually in doubt. So have, have you noticed that same shift at all? Or, or, or do you think I'm reading too far into the situation? I think you're reading a little bit too much into it. Um, I think this is kind of um, classic LeBron. I, I don't think I don't think this is actually about uh, the trade deadline. I think this is more about LeBron making it known um, that he wants some action in the off season. Um, LeBron is is eligible for an extension in the off season. Um, he also talked about, uh, you know, wanting to play with his son, but his son is not draft eligible until 2024. Mm -hmm. Um, LeBron is generally, and that's if he comes out as soon as he possibly can. Correct. 
um, Le- LeBron is happy in LA and is happy to be a Laker. I think this is more about him wanting to let it be known that he wants some changes in the off season. Um, because like LeBron, nobody knows the game better than LeBron. And I, when, when Palenka made those comments about being in step with, with LeBron and AD, um, you can read those comments a, a handful of different ways, but LeBron knows what was available to to the Lakers in in trade. I know what was available, and LeBron certainly is more plugged in than I am. <laughs> so I don't think I think w- with with Rich coming out and saying about that trade specifically that he did not you know did not make those comments about that trade specifically. LeBron certainly knows that too, and. I don't think LeBron particularly cares about the 2027 pick. Why would I don't he? think right? I, and I think that's fair for him not to. Yeah. However, to be fair to the organization, um, you know, when 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 LeBron says "fuck fuck these picks," well, the Lakers did trade the picks to go get Russ. Yeah. <laughs> like that. Like that is. And to get AD. Correct. Correct. Exactly. Um, and, and I think they and, used to pick to get Schroeder. Yeah. Schroeder, right. And yeah. Schroeder that, 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 and none of this has happened against uh, LeBron's wishes. So right. I think, I, I don't, I don't think to be fair to the organization, I don't think this specific moment is the time to say, fuck, fuck them picks. Um, the Lakers did trade the picks to go acquire people that LeBron either absolutely wanted was pushing for or at minimum was on board for so i think i think this is more it is being framed as a frustration and i think lebron is frustrated with the season but it is being framed as a frustration with the front office with palinka and with this trade deadline specifically i don't think that's quite the right read on it i think it is more about him saying you know okay i understand there wasn't a lot on the table right now but going forward when there is more on the table next off season, we're going to have to do something about this. Yeah. I mean, the, it still remains a very fair question to wonder what all is going to be on the, on the table this upcoming off season compared to what they just went through this last year. Like, you know, THT's value. I don't see it going up considerably over the next 30 games. Um, I, I, I've always kind of thought that, THT and Russ wait, were. Wait, wait, hold on, wait, one second, one second. You might be right. Yeah. Right? You, THT's value may not grow much through the rest of this regular season, but do you think that it was at a high point? You know, whatever, whenever the trade deadline was. Uh, it was at its highest, I would say, last year when he was still seen as a prospect, and then he got paid. You know, and, and... I, so my my point is, my point is, his trade value may not improve much you know, over the last handful of games. But there is a chance of that. He was certainly at maybe not the lowest point, but at a pretty low point yeah. to value this trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I, and I think he his value being that low is kind of a, a, a an indirect result of Russell Westbrook. And, and, and that, that fit has never looked good. It has never made any sense. You know, if, if the Lakers thought that THT was going to be this 3 and D wing who could play at the same time as as LeBron, at the same time as Russell Westbrook, it's just another example of them convincing themselves of of you know the player that they would like to see 
or the player that they would like to sign not turning into that player. Like you hoping that maybe gambling, gambling that Russ will be uh, more efficient off of the ball and that he would pay more attention on defense. Like, yeah, they can hope for those things. I can hope to lose weight, but so long as I continue eating a shit ton of McDonald's, like I'm not going to lose any weight. And, and, and I, what I think bottle, what bottle, I'm, on, I'm on the path. So what bottle, just going back to a, a hook conversation that we had several weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, our little weight loss bet. What do you, what I'm, I'm on the move. So what are you buying me? What are we drinking? Uh, well, you got to get, you got to get under a certain number, right? Didn't we both, are you under 200 now? Oh, God. all right, fine. I'm going to stop eating for a month. Cause <laughs> oh, it ain't going to take me that long, brother. <laughs> you, got a, you, got a couple, you got a couple days left. Ah, oh, shit. All right, fine. You can tell me what bottle you want. All right. Um, but yeah, I, I think like while THT's value might not get any better or, or might not, it could continue to drop, right? Like if, if he still can't, you know, if he, if his three point shooting finishes up this season at like 20 something percent, um, and, and he doesn't help the Lakers win much falls out of those closing lineups and stuff gets replaced by whether it's Austin Reeves or Malik Monk. Like that's, that's not great. I don't, I don't see that as helping the Lakers make a move this year. They will have another pick to work with, but if they're already kind of iffy about using the 2027 pick right now, are they then going to offer up another pick beyond that and put themselves in, in even that deeper of a hole if that move isn't guaranteed to win them a championship, because that's apparently how they're defining whether or not they're making trades. So like I, something is going to have to give here and it's clear. Like I had multiple people text me over the course of the weekend. Yeah. LeBron wants Palinka gone. Like the, the, that, that relationship, that working relationship is not salvageable at this point because maybe, you know, he thought, uh, that there was something that could have been maybe done over the uh, trade deadline that while people on Twitter and, and while the Lakers themselves can say, yeah, it would have been a borderline move that doesn't help us win a championship. Uh, maybe LeBron has more confidence in what that team looks like after, say, Russ is gone. And, and, and you know, I can't blame LeBron for having that amount of confidence in himself. I also can't blame LeBron for saying we can't waste a season of me being in my prime. My knee just got sore and swollen uh, just overnight a couple weeks back. My body is going to start breaking down. And I, that 27, that, that 2027 first round pick, I'm not, I just, I can't get myself to care about it. And I, and to a certain extent, I understand where LeBron is coming from. And I, by the way, I understand where Lakers fans are coming from, not wanting the cupboard to be completely bare Whenever it is that LeBron leaves, whether it's this upcoming offseason, whether it's the offseason after that, uh, whether he sits it out in L.A. until 2024, um, I understand why Lakers fans are saying, well, we can't have zero assets by the time he's gone. So something, again, here between in in this relationship that LeBron has with with the Lakers is going to have to give. And I don't. I don't know what that's going to look like. You know, clearly, Aaron, you and I have spoken about this before. Jeannie's not going to give up on Rob. He's, you know, just over a calendar year uh, removed from winning a, a, a championship. And he's Kobe's, the, the, the closest thing to having Kobe in the organization still. 
And Jeannie isn't going to want to do that. The people who are asking for like Linda and Kurt to, to, to get it smaller voices, that's definitely not happening. And obviously Jeannie is not going to sell. Like she's not going anywhere any either. So like, do they get on the same page? Cause that seems like that's the only, that's the only option here is for LeBron and everybody who is currently in the situation with him to get on the same page and from what I was told over the weekend, it didn't seem like that's possible. But, but Aaron, you're, you're closer to it, and, and maybe you're more optimistic than the people who were talking to me. Do you, do you see a situation where everybody kind of gets a reset after this year and tries to work it out, get back on the same page for one last run at it next season? Uh, yes, is the short. Well, uh, yes, I think that is that is a possibility. I think that is an option. I think that the characterization that it is as far gone as it may seem, that it's irreparable. I don't, I don't think that is accurate. I mm-hmm. do think that um, again, like LeBron knows, LeBron knows what it is, right? And he he is a master of using his influence, using his stature um, to exert pressure in different ways mm-hmm. um, on, on an organization. And I think that's what it is. But I, I think that, again, I think that in this case is more about exerting pressure in this off season, kind of laying the foundation for exerting pressure in this off season more so than it is about specifically the past trade deadlines. LeBron knows, LeBron knows that the proposed trade uh, now that <laughs> like, I'm not going to name anybody specifically. Right. But those proposed trades that were out there, LeBron knows as well as anybody, what the result of that would look like. And would that have made the Lakers a, a better team this year? Maybe, maybe even probably, but I don't think LeBron is under any illusion that that was going to create some championship window that doesn't exist presently. LeBron knows what it is. And he knows as well as anybody, maybe better than anybody, that the Lakers will have more flexibility in, in the offseason, whether that's because THT becomes a, a more value as a prospect, increases his value, his trade value as a prospect. There will be another pick available for the Lakers to trade. There is one fewer or half a fewer, one, one half season less of Russ's contract. He becomes an expiring contract. All mm-hmm. of those things, and right, every every other team in the league is going to go through whatever they're going to go through. So there's going to be a different set of available uh, trade partners. So all of those things, to me at least, and I think to LeBron also, and to the organization, make it made it make more sense to try this to kind of kick the can down the road into the off season. And I, I think LeBron is aware of that. Does he like it? Maybe not. But in his if he's going, if you give him truth serum, I think he would tell you, "I get it." Even if I don't like it, even if it's frustrating, I get it. But but what's what's the point then of all the subtweeting? Like why? Because he knows what he's doing. He knows how everybody's going to respond to all of this. Like like what's what's the point of it? Yeah, my answer to that is, we're not playing this game again in the off season. We better yeah. do. You better do something in the off season. Do you think? Do you think the Lakers are capable of doing enough to placate him in the offseason? Or do you think he'll kind of look at the situation, see the offers that the Lakers are getting for, you know, whether it's Russ's expiring and uh, the the two first rounders, 2027 and 2029. Um, if he looks at those offers and sees that it's not probably still enough to get them over the hump, 
do you see him kind of saying, all right, guys, we made a decent run at it. Maybe look into sending me to Cleveland for one more year and I'll, I'll, I'll go and I'll play there while I wait for Bronny. And then I'll make a decision as far as where I'm going to play after that. Like, cause that, that to me is a much likelier scenario to, you know, than, than it's ever been uh, over the last year or so. It, 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 he just, I just don't see how, how you, you, I don't see how you handle the situation the way that he did over the weekend and then walk back into the Lakers facilities and be like, all right, guys, how's it going? To, how, how did everybody weekend go? Like, I, I just don't see how, how that, that works out with him and Rob and, and with Jeannie and, and with uh, the Rambi. Like, I don't, I don't know how that goes down. I think that's fair. Do I think, do I think LeBron James is going to be uh, a Laker next season? Yes. 100%. Yes. I do not think LeBron's getting traded in the offseason. Okay. Um, and then the interesting part becomes, if what he is saying is, is true, and he's been saying this for years, that he wants to uh, go into, uh, that he wants to go, that he wants to play with his son in 2024. I think it's an interesting question once he's a free agent. I think the interesting question is, can the Lakers do enough this offseason to encourage LeBron to sign an extension? I think that is an interesting question, but I think that is really where the question is. But then the question becomes, if he's if he is going to follow through with this plan about wanting to be where his son is, is he going to want to leave for one season, leave the Lakers? And I'm telling you, he is happy very much in L.A. L.A. Yeah. has become home to him. And he is happy generally in broad strokes to be a Los Angeles Laker. Is there some frustration about the trade? Yes. Is there some frustration about the roster? Sure. But then the question becomes, is LeBron wanting to, willing to go somewhere for a year and then have to go somewhere else for another Yeah, moving sucks. Right. So is he going to, is LeBron going to want to be on three teams in three years? I think is a fair question. If he is serious about, wanting to play with Bronny. Is he going to go, is he going to be a Laker next year and then go to team X, if you want to say Cleveland for a year and then wait and find out wherever Bronny goes and then go there. That's, that's a lot. Um, So I think that is, I think the real question is, can the Lakers do enough in the off season, not to, not to encourage LeBron, not to want to go somewhere else to get traded next off season, but rather do enough, in the offseason to encourage him to sign an extension, at least a one year. And then maybe he goes and plays LeBron or maybe he signs a longer extension. Who knows, right? But I think the real question is not, is LeBron going to ask to get traded in the offseason? I think it's can the Lakers do enough to encourage him to stay, sign an extension at least for one more year. I'm kind of curious, and we're going we're gonna to open this up to some other people uh, as well as Aaron to, to continue having this conversation. I'm really curious how Lakers fans feel about the notion of trading LeBron and if that is something that they consider on the table, if they consider that the wiser move, um, if, if it does come down to LeBron going to Jeannie and saying, Hey, it's either me or Palinka based on, you know, the deals that uh, Rob is able to put together uh, this upcoming off season. If he does that and Jeannie says, well, all right, best of luck, man. Um, we're gotta, we gotta figure out where we're going to go next. I'm curious to see like who is who uh, how Lakers fans feel um, about that about that option. I'm gonna bring on uh, we'll go 
with uh, Hoopé Fiasco, one of the better ats um, on in Lakers Twitter. So one second. Let's see. Walt, you there? Hey, what's going on, guys? How's it going? So how, how do you feel? How would you feel about the, the, the notion of, all right, the cupboard is bare and uh, LeBron clearly wants it to be that much more bare for the chance at winning a championship next year. If he says enough is enough, it doesn't look like you guys are capable of putting together a trade that that wins me a championship next year. Uh, he goes to Jeannie and says, hey, it's between Rob and myself. You got to make a choice here. Um, how how open to trading LeBron would you be? Well, I think that, that, that depends on the direction you want to go in. And uh, I guess would depend on like the plans that they have going forward. If they feel like they can make one last run at a championship because they still have Anthony Davis, it may be something they can pull out of Russell Westbrook if they don't move him. Then, you know, you you roll with LeBron as one last good gesture as he goes out the door. But if you feel like you want to get a jump start on going into next season and, you know, the season after that and so on and so forth, then you say, hey, we'll find you a situation that you want to be in. And we have to do what we have to do as an organization to, you know, properly fill our team and get assets back and hopefully, you know, make up for some of the lost times that we created by sending out different assets and not retaining players, so on and so forth. Um, and then you make a decision. I mean, it, it's that simple. But at the end of the day, you know, they all, somebody has to get on the same page. Um, you know, for the front office, if you're in charge, you're in charge. You know, um, for, you know, LeBron and Clutch, are you in charge? No. Well, you should probably proceed as if you're not in charge. So you don't have to put out the word that you didn't have your name attached to this trade request or um, you didn't feel a way about wanting them to make a move that you knew in your heart of hearts because you're a smart person. You know the cap, you know assets, you know all of these things. You want us to believe this. Um, you know, it's on you to understand that this team is going to be restricted because of what they already did to try to appease you. So that's my spiel. How, how about, how, but, but for you as a fan though, if, if, you know, just, just like just straight up asking, like, how would you feel if, if it came down to it and the Lakers were faced with the, you know, with the situation where either LeBron asks for a trade or, or whatever, like how, how would you feel about the Lakers trading LeBron? Like how, how confident would you be in the Lakers being able to figure out this modern NBA without the aid of what LeBron has helped to do, you know, bringing AD in uh, with the ability to unofficially tamper at all-star events, stuff like that. Like how, how confident would you be in the Lakers moving forward if they did traded, uh, if they did trade LeBron? I'd be very confident because now you're operating with an asset that could actually get you back some things. Um, and you wouldn't be going into it without any like leverage. Cause at the end of the day, if you, again, this is all hypothetical pie in the sky. We just throwing it out there. If you want to trade LeBron, you know, you can get a good package back for LeBron. It's plenty of teams that probably break their neck to send you some assets and some things that you can build on. Um, so Judging them on what they had the opportunity to do at the trade deadline, um, I think that's like a little bit flawed when you look at, again, some of the things that they've done, you know, year after year. Even though I don't agree with turning over the team, when, you know, fans and when LeBron in their camp, when they asked for different things going into these new offseasons, they were able to do it. They were able to move Danny Green in the pick and get in, a, you know, another 
playmaker, quote unquote, with Dennis Schroeder. Um, the next season, they were able to get, you know, Russell Westbrook. They went in the buyout market during the championship year, got a stretch for and Marquise Morris, added another dimension to the team, strengthened the team up, gave them some more depth and things of that nature. So they've done some stuff. You know, now they just ran into this one big thing that, you know, had so many lasting effects. Well, at least for like the next two years with Russell Westbrook. And it's like no turning back and there's no ways to undo it without hoping that, you know, they get like some luck this summer. Um, but I would be confident if they did make the decision to trade LeBron because they, they would be able to, like I said, they'll finally have a great asset and great leverage going into a deal and they could try to make something happen. Aaron, I'm I'm curious again, like, you know, you, you got you gotta be kind of careful here, but I'm I'm curious if the if it arrived at that point and LeBron asked to be traded, do the Lakers make a trade that helps them continue to win now with A D or would you if it was just you and in, in involved here, or would you just go full strip down mode, uh, get as many assets as possible and, you know, try to use cap space that you would now have maybe a little bit more open, uh, try to bring a, a star and go and rebuild that way, try to rebuild in the draft. Um, how If it was just you in charge of this and that was the situation that you were presented with trading LeBron, what direction would you go in? Both. That's what Both. happened. Yeah, I mean, LeBron has never been traded. Um Obviously, um, mm-hmm. but signed and traded, but, but he like, you know, yeah, yeah. LeBron he, he pieced out. Been, yeah. LeBron yeah. has never been traded really. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but that is what happens when you see, you know, the superstar and LeBron is the superstar of superstars. When you, when you see a superstar get traded, right. Uh, the Lakers trade for Anthony Davis or, mm-hmm. you know, Harden going to the Nets. Uh, initially, or Paul George uh, going to to uh, to the Clippers. LeBron is a better player and a bigger superstar than all of those. But what happens generally is you get, you know, an established uh, player, an established NBA player, a young player that you think has star potential. Maybe they're on the cusp already. Maybe they it's it's projecting and a bunch of, of draft capital going forward. So I think the answer to that has to be both, right? You get, you get somebody that can play with AD, you think can build with AD is on a more similar timeline to AD. You get a young star, maybe in another, you know, established, really good starter uh, slash rotation player, and you get a bunch of draft uh, capital back. So the answer is both. Yeah, I I would I would at least give Davis a year or so to try to prove that he can he can carry the organization. I have questions about his ability to, but I would give him the opportunity, I think, to see how that looks. And then after that, you know, if it finding out the information that you need to find out there, uh, you, you decide what your next step is there. I, I, I would try to avoid going full strip down, uh, for, for a little while, but like I, like I've been saying with, you know, teams like the Kings, right. Who say like, Oh, we don't, we don't want to go into a full rebuild or, or, you know, these other teams that like Indiana comes to mind, we don't want to go into a full rebuild. Sometimes the league just dictates that sometimes, sometimes it's not really your call. Um, and if you trade LeBron, that, that is kind of the first step in, in what can eventually lead to that direction. Um, sure. Hold on. Wait, wait, hold on. Those two things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, 
the main one is the Lakers are not the Kings or the Pacers. No, of course not. Yeah. And there is, and none of those teams have a, a, a player as good as a piece as valuable as, as Anthony Davis, even if Anthony Davis is by himself, right? Anthony Davis still injury concerns are there. Sure. But Anthony Davis is a superstar still. Um, So that's one thing. The second part of it is there's a reason why those teams don't want to rebuild. And that's because nobody will go. Nobody's watching the Pacers. If nobody's going to go to, I don't even, was it Banker's Life? I don't even know what they call the arena anymore. But nobody's Mm -hmm. going. The Lakers can be bad and people will still go, right? The Lakers can try to be good, not be good, and people are still going to watch. Those teams know they can't rebuild. They won't go into a rebuild, even if it seems like the prudent thing to do, because they're worried the fans will disappear. So I, I think the considerations for the Lakers are are very different. Yeah, I, of course, of course. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm just more saying that, like, sometimes – you know, like at the end of Co- like after Kobe, right? Like the Lakers decided, all right, we're going to try to build through the draft and we're going to and we're going to, you know, bottom out and uh, do the stealth, you know, hire the stealth tank commander and, and Byron Scott and, and, and head down that path. And and, you know, it, it wound up netting you enough young guys and you had a situation where LeBron uh, wanted to come and and impart his will on a Lakers organization and he was able to back channel to be able to help get you Anthony Davis and and you win a championship for it you know and and that that path to a championship doesn't exist for any other team and by the way like that's something that the Lakers will be looking to leverage all over again even if it isn't as as directly tieable as it was with LeBron and Clutch um, I'm sure that they are, you know, Rob Polinka has plenty of contacts out there that he would be looking to leverage all over again um, if that situation arose. I'm just saying, though, that like when you trade LeBron um, and and when you're hoping when you're banking on Anthony Davis to carry your organization, you just lowered your ceiling like that's it's it's a your ceiling is now lower than it was the the, the moment you woke up before that trade. And the 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 whole reason they didn't make a move here uh this last month or so back at the trade deadline was because their ceiling is at a point right now where they couldn't win a championship even if they made a move so they decided let's let's keep that powder dry and see if we can raise that ceiling back up in the off season the only thing is based on some of his statements um at at the over the course of all-star weekend LeBron clearly isn't 100% on board with that. And that's where, you know, the Lakers have to find that balance. That's that's why we're having this exact conversation right now. Wait, or, or, or LeBron, because you mentioned LeBron is very calculated about everything he does and everything he says. Or, as I said earlier, he is starting right now exerting pressure on the organization for the yeah. next time that this is possible. Maybe he is on board. But he, he, saying, he might he might also be looking at it like he might also be looking at the situation right now. He saw what happened at the time of the last power vacuum when when magic stepped away like Rob assumed some power and I'm sure LeBron assumed a little bit more power. And and if LeBron sees an opportunity here to maybe create another power vacuum um, and maybe get somebody who is closer to, to on his exact same page, 
um, than Rob might be, then he's probably also going to be looking at, at that chess move too. Like there's a whole number of, of outcomes to this season. It's what makes these next 30 games so interesting to me and, and, and how everybody handles an off season where there's going to be plenty of blame to go around. Clearly based on the leaks and counter leaks, people aren't interested in assuming that blame. So that's the, <laughs> it's, it's become kind of uh, a, a show one to itself. Um, let's that is, move. Uh, yeah, that, that, that is, yeah, that is fair. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's, let's look ahead at the actual basketball. It's going to be kicking back up, um, on, uh, Thursday and the Lakers have 30 ish games or so, uh, to go here. Uh, I'm, I would imagine they're still going to be playing in, in one of those play in games, probably the lower of the two where they have to win another play in game and then go up against, uh, you know, one of the top two seeds. I think that's probably how it's playing out. I am somebody who uh, I, I don't like to look at seasons as black or white. You know, ring or no ring is the definition of failure. I don't like looking at it that way. And as such, I think it's important that the Lakers develop a little bit of momentum here. So, Walt, I'll go back to you. Is there any way that you can envision the Lakers developing a little bit more momentum so that this regular season isn't looked back on is just a Draymond Green kick to the nuts. <laughs> well, I mean, at the end of the day, they are still in the playoff race, so you got to proceed as such, right? Coming out of the gate, they got games um, that are winnable based on what they showed the last few games. So if they can pick up a few wins, a few t- teams lose ahead of them, you know, they could, you know, they're not going to jump to the sixth seed. That's not happening, but maybe get around that eighth seed. You know, and you that way you playing a home game. No, you won't play a home game. You got to play the seven seed. I'm sorry, but um, playing. No, 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 no. Hold on. If 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 you're the seven seed, you host the eight seed in the playing game, and then if you lose that game, you would host the nine ten winner. Yeah. So if you're the seven seed, you have two chances to win one game, and both of those are at home. If you're the eight seed, you have two chances to win one game. The first game is on the road at the seven seed. The uh, the second game would be at home against the nine ten winner. Got you. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, you know, you got that proposition in play, and um, yeah, if you you do that, and look, I mean, it's I don't know how serious these injuries are as far as the playoffs for like Chris Paul and Draymond Green. Again, this is if the Lakers, if everything goes how we would love for it to go, but. You have that in front of you. It is a possibility that I haven't heard anything. We haven't heard anything. If Draymond is not there for the Warriors the first round, that's anybody's. If we play them, that's anybody's series. I'm Mm. not wishing this on Chris Paul. If he has some kind of setback, if he's not entirely 100%, if the Suns slip with him being out, if somebody else from the Suns get hurt, we know all about injuries and people going down, right? If that happens, again, you, you, anybody series, right? Yeah, I, I, I guess I'm, I, I'm reluctant to factor in other teams' injuries and ignore the Lakers' own injuries, right? We got to see what kind of shape Anthony Davis is in when he comes back now from two lengthy absences. Uh, LeBron's knee is still something that makes me a little nervous. Like, is that capable of just ballooning up all over again? You know, 
there was no play that we were able to identify uh, in that Philly game that would have led to him not being, or, or in the Brooklyn game, and and not be have him available the next night in Philly or vice versa. Like that's something that makes me a little nervous. Um, Howard, Howard, you know, if the Lakers are really going to be reliant upon uh, Austin Reeves and Malik Monk in a playoff series, like is that how how confident am I with that? Like. I think the Lakers would still have to be heavily underdogs, even if like even if Golden State is playing without Draymond, and even if uh, Phoenix is playing without Chris Paul. Devin Booker's a bad man, dude. I, that guy, that guy catching fire in a series terrifies me. But but that's just me. I think Aaron, I think, think Walt is making a a very good point because I think those go from if everybody is healthy for both teams or for all teams. If everybody is healthy, I think it is a like forget it you're not beating phoenix and basically forget it you're not beating the warriors but maybe there's a puncher's chance i would much rather face the warriors than than phoenix i don't think the lakers would beat either however back injuries are notoriously tricky yeah we've seen with brooke lopez Mm -hmm. and if draymond is not there and now chris paul is they're saying out six to eight weeks and Draymond's Draymond's last update was like a shrug emoji, like 300, 300 words that made up a shrug emoji. Yeah, he kind of doing some light stuff, sort of on a basketball court, maybe. Yeah, he hopes to play basketball again sometime in the future. All right, cool. Me too. Uh, I actually don't hope to play anymore. Um, <laughs> but I think it's a good point because we don't know what what. Chris Paul and I, I think you're you are underestimating the the impact that Chris Paul has. I think I think if I think if Chris Paul is not available or not 100%, right? The, they said 6 to 8 weeks. Who knows if it's going to be 6 or 8 or maybe longer. And the regular season ends 7 weeks from now. So if Chris Paul is not available or not himself in the first round, one I think that makes it maybe the Lakers would rather be the 8 seed as opposed to the 7 seed. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, because I think, I think the Suns are too far ahead of the Warriors. I don't think the Warriors are going to catch the Suns for the one seed. And two, I think that takes it from a no chance proposition. Just forget it. No chance to mm, maybe, mm, maybe. But again, though, like you're saying, if Chris Paul isn't available or anything like that, but like, it's just as likely that AD is not as available. That ankle. Sure, that, sure, sure. Yeah. But that we are, but that, but that we already knew, right? Maybe. Well, but we know that with like we we know similar amounts on both of those situations there. Like I just I look, I'm personally not getting my hopes up in either of these situations. I'm just trying to see like what progress can be made. Like what can we see more? Can we see more from Taylor Horton Tucker? Like can we get him? Can we make it so that it's not an outright disaster every time he steps onto the court with Russell Westbrook? Like or can we get less of Russ out there so that we can see more from Taylor Horton Tucker? Like. Russ clearly isn't going to be a part of the team next year. Like we, if there is anything that we know here is that the Lakers are going to do whatever they can to get off of Russ this year, right? So if that's the if that's the direction that you're going organizationally, why not get that ball rolling and hand the keys more over to Taylor Horton Tucker, somebody who you're trying to showcase to be able to move uh, and get more in if he if you add him to a Russell Westbrook trade. I that to me is is more important than like shots in the dark against. Golden State and shots in the dark against Phoenix. And see, that's where I was gonna go with that too. You you do want to get younger guys reps. Um, if they do plan to do anything, if somebody shake out between now and you know March the first on the buyout market, 
or if some G leaguer they've been watching all year, if they want to bring them up, if you do get, you know, people you plan to have on the roster next season, along with who's there now, um, minutes like this is valuable, man. Like trying to fight and grind and, you know, make a playoff run. That's valuable. Go ahead and get these younger guys, Reeves. I still consider uh, Stanley Johnson a young guy, even though I know everybody kind of jury still out on me and whatnot. Malik Monk, and this is if they can bring him back next year. Like getting these dudes minutes, Taylor Horton Tucker, getting them into these battles, you know what I'm saying, getting their confidence up. That's the big thing, you know, planning these games and they mean something, trying to make this run. That's like huge for the future. Like I said, we don't – we – it's not going to end in the championship, you know, but – like you have to find something like we talk about games within games, even as a team, you can find a game within a game. Um, and for them to get the experience to play, you know, meaningful time and high level basketball, like that's important because these players are, if you can't make a move next year, they're going to be on your roster next year. You can't keep churning them out to have potential so you can trade them. Eventually you got to play them so they can get better so they can contribute to your team. So if you have, that's the kind of mindset I want to see them have with, who they have on their roster now that they plan to, if they don't trade, they plan to have next year. Just build on something. You got to build on something eventually. You can't always just turn over, turn over, turn over. Do you, Aaron, do you see a scenario here where we get to see THT build on a little bit more? He's played a little bit better recently. I I, I really think like the trade deadline passing really helped him. Like it's got to be difficult to like know at any time. You're 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 the only asset. Like that couldn't have been comfortable for THT. Uh, yes, I think is the answer. Well, yes and yes are the two yeah. answers. Uh, yeah, I mean we we forget a lot, or it, I don't not anybody specifically, but it y'all is forget. You, you, you're taking Harrison's thing oh, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all forgot. <laughs> y'all forgot. THT so far this season hasn't been a bucket. No. Um, yeah, he's been more of a bucket. But we need him to become a, you, a, a bucket. Here you go. <laughs> um, but people often don't remember, like the, the human aspect of this matters, right? And so hearing your name, you know, in trade rumors is not yeah. an easy thing, especially, especially like I think Trevor Ariza talked about it, right? Trevor Ariza has been traded more times in NBA history than anybody. So that's one thing. But as you're trying to, if you're 20 years old and you're trying to establish your career, that's a very different thing. So yes, I think, uh, I think THT will play better. And I think that had something to do with some of his struggles. But I think the other thing is we've seen over the last few weeks that the front office has empowered or Vogel has just decided that he is going to do whatever he thinks is best to win individual basketball games. And in some instances recently, that has been, that has meant playing Russ less. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're going to play Russ less, um, then I think you're going to see more of THT on the ball, which is what he is best at. I think yep. he is du duplicative of of Russ and LeBron, right? If when he's out there with Russ and LeBron, it's it's hard for him, right? He hasn't developed that off ball game that we all hope he will, and maybe and I you know, I'm encouraged. I think maybe he will, but he's not there yet. And what he is good at in an NBA sense now in an NBA environment, what he can do really well is create offense. He can still get in the paint. Um, and so I think we are going to see if Russ is playing less, I think we're going to see THT on the ball more, which I think will only we can save all the development stuff with Phil and all that that can come in the off season. But I think putting him in positions to do what he is able to do right now 
as opposed to trying to force him into a role that he's not as comfortable with and, frankly, is not particularly good at offensively. I think we will see more of him on the ball, which is only going to lead to good things because he's good at it. Even in an, in an NBA environment, he's good at it right now. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you completely that they should probably send Russ home and then just like let, let this thing roll. I'm, I'm really glad that you said that specifically on this basis, Aaron. This was a big moment for you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I tend to think that the biggest issue that the Lakers had this last offseason was a misevaluation of the things that make the players the players that they are, right? So Russ, uh, hoping that he would be the little things guy, never was going to happen. That was never in the cards, and hoping that that was the case was stupid. And hoping that THT would be a, a, a 3 and D wing, and, and he could space the floor, and he can be uh, the Lakers' best perimeter defender, like, not not ideal. That's a lot to ask for. That's a lot of adaptation to ask for somebody as young as as Taylor Horton Tucker is, and and then so on and so forth from from there. You know, hoping that that Trevor Ariza was his body would hold up over the course of the season, and and thinking of him as the the player that we saw almost a decade ago, and not the player that we actually saw last year. You know, those are those are the issues that the Lakers uh, I think have really kind of defined the misgivings that they had in the offseason. And I still think, though, that like while this season in in uh, Rob's own definition of seasons is going to be a failure, it is going to be a, a a a season that is not going to get them a championship. I still think there has to be some progress here to look at. Otherwise, what the hell are we watching for? <laughs> and I I I I want there to be some kind of purpose to the end of this season. Um, all right, that's going to do it here for this uh, live episode of the Silver Screen and Roll podcast feed. Thank you very much, Aaron, for hopping on. Um, as always, it's it's always a fun. I'm, I hope we didn't get you fired. Walt, thank you very much for your input as well. Thank all of you guys for tuning in uh, the way that you have been the last couple weeks. I, I really, this has become one of the favorite, my favorite parts of the job. So I can't wait to keep doing this uh, with you guys. Till next week, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.